So what you need to do, I think, is acknowledge when it's happening, recognize what those voices are, where they're coming from, uh, understand the lies that are being told to you internally, that maybe this is actually the voice of an authority figure when you were younger who discouraged you. Maybe it was a parent, maybe it was a teacher, maybe it was somebody else, maybe it was a, a cousin, a sibling, whoever. Um, but whoever it was along the way that spoke that into you and it got stuck in you and now it comes out in you when you're in circumstances where maybe you're a little afraid, you're a little uncomfortable, you're a little unsure. And I think it starts with recognizing and acknowledging and then going, okay, I hear you, uh, but I'm going to put you over there right now and appreciate the concern, but I'm going to move ahead anyway and just not allowing it to block your path. Welcome to Born to Create podcast. This is Maria. I am your host and I'm excited that you have landed on this podcast. And if you have come back, thank you for coming back. It's um, a real honor and a pleasure to be hosting this podcast and interviewing such wonderful people um, all about the topic creativity, really finding out what their relationship with creativity has been. As for me, this podcast has been inspired by the, the desire to want to hear other artists um, on what their experience with creativity has been like, what how their life has been in the absence of creativity as well and the impact that it has on mental health. With my background in art therapy and um, going through my own mental health challenges, I have, uh, I have strongly used spiritual tools to help me with what, what I've been through. And creativity is one of the things that really brought me back uh, and even more presence into life. So the more creative of my own I was using the more I was able to um, yeah to, to feel fulfilled and to have joy and to to be the person to attract the right partner um, or in brackets soulmate <laughs> and um, yeah so I'm really really grateful to be having this conversation to hear the artists voices and to talk about their art and and their stories today I have a wonderful guest Today, I have Mike Brennan, who is a communicator and a um, creator and an artist, and he's also a speaker. And um, yeah, he's really, really struck me with the, with the, yeah, the, the awesomeness of, of his, yeah, of his doing, of being present with his art every single day for the past 10 years. And um, being someone who has struggled a lot in a lifetime of consistency and uh, the general emotional ups and downs, I, I understand how amazing it is to keep with something for 10 years. So with no further ado, I cannot wait for you to hear this podcast episode with Mike because he is a wealth of wisdom and yeah, he's really living what he's, uh, what he's, talking about and really breathing art and 
really living it and um yeah we talk about all kinds of things men mental health and so uh whatever you're doing right now enjoy the session <laughs> bye okay today i am super excited as well it's really cool to have mike brennan here um i've stumbled across his, his profile on instagram and was instantly impressed um and once you hear his story you'll be even more impressed um such as yeah well i'm not going to hint it now <laughs> um but mike brennan is a creator and communicator and he still tells stories on pages and on stages uh he's an artist himself and an illustrator and i'm sure he'll explain much more um about what he does and um and yeah today we're going to be talking about all kinds of things uh mental health and well in particular his story as well and yeah, I'm super excited to have you here. So thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you. It's my pleasure. <laughs> yes, Mike. So um, in that case, um, yeah, how, how would you describe what you do? Tell us a little bit more about you. Yeah, that's always the thing, right? Especially <laughs> as a creative person who typically has a lot of different interests and areas, right? So over the years, I've had to figure out how do I exactly talk about what I do so that it makes sense as a narrative and people understand, you know, as much as we don't want to be put into boxes, right? Um, <laughs> you know, people need to understand exactly what we do uh, and how we can help them. And so the reason why I came up with the, you know, creator and communicator telling stories on pages and stages is simply because that encompasses what I do in a couple of different forms. And my background is graphic design. I went to art school for that and uh, spent many years in the field doing that, still do that uh, today. A lot of logos, branding, marketing materials and such. Uh, then I also do illustration, as you mentioned. Um, some of those things have come out of passion projects and have turned into self-published books and some um, painting series and so on. So that's always an area where I'm exploring and looking to process through my own art, uh, as well as doing some client work on that front. I do live event sketching. So I go to uh, conferences and events, and I will tell the story of what happens. And so it's kind of like real time visual storytelling marketing uh, that people can use for social media or whatever purposes. Um, and it really um, is a unique way of doing it because I capture like a speaker and a quote and things like that. Uh, during the event. And then on the communicator side, um, I do have a podcast called Creative Chats, and I talk to fellow creatives just about their journey and their experiences. And um, then I also do some public speaking. And so that's also where some of the stages come in. And so I share about my own journey and I share about, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into today, what I call my daily creative habit and how that came about from my own story. So um, all those things kind of make up, if you will, pardon the pun, but the portfolio approach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. And and yeah, that, that's kind of like this, what I was really excited about, the daily habits thing. That's um, so impressive. I remember when I spoke to you the last time and everything's impressive that you do. Like, it, it's great that you've got the podcast. Obviously, that's very aligned um, as well to, to, to what, I'm, what I love doing. But um, tell us a little bit more about your art. How did it all start for you? Yes. So, well, if we want to go way back, right? Um, not that I'm that old. I'm not going to say that. But, um, <laughs> you know, I was the typical kid who just loved to draw, who loved to um, just create things. And, you know, I didn't know, I wouldn't be able to put it in these terms. Obviously, when you're a kid, you're just kind of showing up and you want to have fun. 
and you're just doing what feels good, right? Um, but I realized quickly that if I could draw something, even if it was like a cartoon character I was really into or something that was part of my world, and I could make a greeting card for a family member and give it to them and see their face light up, you know, and it's, of course, goes up on the fridge, you know, and, and it's proudly presented. And that instilled something early on in me to say, hey, I can create something and give it to somebody else, make them smile, bring some joy. And there's an exchange that happens there. And again, I, I wouldn't have put it in those words, obviously, but intuitively, there was something that shifted in me and said, I want to do more of this. I want to do as much of this as I can, because this makes me feel good too. And it makes somebody else feel good. And so I continued to press into that. You know, my world was, was filled with, you know, Saturday morning cartoons and, and comic books and all that stuff growing up. And um, when it came time for school, uh, I had that conversation with my parents, you know, the, the one that they dread, right? All parents dread of like, wait, you want to go to art school? Are you sure? Right. Um, <laughs> you know, isn't there something else? No, doctor, lawyer, something that would bring them up? No. Okay. Uh, and I was just very stubborn about it. And I said, no, you know, this is really what I want to do. And so uh, leaned into that and ended up going more towards graphic design because it, it did, it, there was that conversation around practicality, right? Of like, okay, this is a marketable skill um, and there are a lot more opportunities it seemed. So um, that's really the genesis of, of my, my art making and my, um, you know, drawing and, and interest in all that stuff. Um, but along the way, it also had some twists and turns and, you know, I dropped out of it for a while and kind of got frustrated um, and then had to come back to it, you know, so um, very windy road. Mm. It's so interesting because that what you just mentioned, that topic of like talking to your parents or then deciding to do something that's more practical. Is that the, yes. yeah, thinking of that instead of just going what your heart almost tells you um, that yes. period. Um, and then you started graphic design um, because of that. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, and um, so you 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 said that ten years ago or something is is that when something shifted? For you? Yeah. So so what happened was you know I was in graphic design and I kind of hit a, a place where I was bouncing around every so often, changing jobs, you know, changing companies that I was working for, um, because you know inevitably either you feel like you hit a ceiling or there's some staff changes or something happens and it's kind of like, okay, it's time to move on. And hopefully you continue to kind of like climb the ladder, if you will. Um, but I started getting to this place where I was like, you know, I, there's a deadline every two weeks on this magazine that I'm working on and great people, great work, really enjoyed it. And um, from outward appearances, it should have been like, this is a win. I mean, what's the problem? But there was something inward that really kind of shifted in me. And I was like, I don't know that this is something that is really making me feel like I'm doing something significant. Um, and there was a lack of me really being able to harness my creativity in a way that was tapping into who I was personally um, and what I wanted to say. And so it was always leveraged for somebody else's projects and things. Um, and so that caused attention and I ended up actually leaving graphic design for about 10 years and did a, a complete shift. I went into full-time ministry um, because I was very much, uh, again, wanted to help people. And that was a kind of another part of my life. Um, and so 10 years away from doing anything of my art and 
eventually it came to this place where I started suffering from depression. Um, and quite honestly, I didn't even realize that that was really what was happening because in my mind, depression was, well, you're sad, you're on the couch, you can't get up, you're, you can't get out of bed. And I was very high functioning. I had a lot of things to do. I had a lot of responsibilities and it was go, 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 go. And it was actually somebody else who said to me, you know, Mike, I think you're depressed. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't have time for that. You know, it's like, <laughs> um, just really didn't understand. And yet the more I probed into that, the more I realized, no, actually I was suffering from depression. And it was a bunch of different circumstances that led to that. But one of the big ones was actually that I had walked away from my creativity. Um, I hadn't done any art really in 10 years. And so when you start to deny a part of who you really are at the core, like that messes with you. Um, and I didn't really contemplate that. I had just let circumstances dictate my next steps. And so here I was faced with this depression and knowing now, okay, I feel like I need to leave where I am, but I don't know where to go. I don't know where this leaves me. Just a lot of upheaval in life, um, a lot of loss, a lot of grief. Uh, it was during that time also my dad um, was diagnosed with cancer and passed away very quickly. And so it was a time where it just felt like it was hit after hit after hit. And I found myself just going like, I think this is rock bottom because I don't really know what else at this point could spiral out of control. And I don't know where this leaves me. Like, is this what life has become? And how did this happen? Like, it was extremely painful. And so through that ended up, um, you know, seeking some help, seeking some therapy and journaling a lot, honestly. Uh, as much as I could. Uh, and it was hard to find the energy sometimes just to show up and do things. But the more that I leaned into that, it also opened myself back up to this voice inside of me that said, it's time to come back to your art. And not because somebody needs you to do it for their project. It's not for a client or a committee or some other thing that's corporate. Y you need to come back to your art because at one time it brought you joy. Like remember the little boy who used to draw these you know, greeting cards and hand them to family members. Remember the joy that happened on your face, on their face. Like come back to that. And as I sat with that and confronted myself, my first thought was, can I? Like, is that possible? How do I do that? Because it's been so long, maybe that thing has just dried up or died. Um, but I figured out that like, I need to try because at this point, what else do I have? Right. And so I set out on, I, I actually got introduced to this book that called uh, the creative license by Danny Gregory. And in this book, Danny addressed a few things. And one of them was doing this 365 day art making journey which was new to me, this thought of like, you want to show up every single day and do a piece of art, like create a piece of art. I don't know if I could do that. I mean, I, I, I haven't shown up for 10 years. How could I show up for an entire year, right? Um, and a few other things that he addressed in there, which was embracing 
a wonkiness or a weirdness to your drawing style if that's there because the benchmark was always photorealism as an artist and that's also what was championed in art school and so because of that i had convinced myself that i wasn't a real artist um i could do graphic design i could i could do colors and fonts and, and layout no problem but when it came time for actually rendering things i felt very insecure about that um and so i had told myself i wasn't a real artist and so I had to unlearn that lie and embrace actually the fact that, you know what, I'm a mess. Um, I like messy things. I like organic things. I like the weirdness and wonkiness of some of the things that, that come out in my drawings. And I said, I need to actually embrace that even more if I'm going to thrive in that. And so all these things kind of started coming together slowly, of course. Um, and I sat down at a local Starbucks with a sketchbook and, you know, blew the dust off a thing. And, you know, I had some, I had a pen out and I said, okay, I'm just going to write day one at the top of this page. And I'm drawing the Starbucks coffee cup. And it was the most awful Starbucks coffee cup. <laughs> it was a terrible rendering. Um, and I was highly embarrassed by it when I when I was done. I mean, it took me maybe like 10 minutes and I was like, this is all I can muster right now. This is the, this is the strength I have and this is what my ability level is at right now. Wow, how pathetic. And so in that moment, I also had to confront something that said, you know, give yourself grace because you can't hold yourself to a standard of something of who you were a long time ago. You need to embrace who you are right now, right here, right now. And what is it that you can do? Don't focus on what you can't do. And so I decided that even though I was embarrassed by this drawing, I was going to close my book. You know, I'd written, like I said, day one at the top. And I had made a commitment to myself that I'm going to show up every single day for this year and see what happens. And even if it's five minutes and this simple line drawing, that's going to be a lot better than doing absolutely nothing. So how low can we bring the bar? Uh, so that I'm still showing up and doing something, but not getting in my own way. And so next day, showed up, did something else. And so I started to identify, okay, where are the points in my day at which I can show up and do something? Because at this point, I had, you know, uh, I had another job, you know, full time, I had a family, I had all these other responsibilities, just like a lot of other people. And I didn't want the excuse of that to get in the way either, to be like, well, I just don't have the time. I can't, quote, find the time, right? That's everybody, everybody says that. But I decided I'm going to make the time. Uh, I'm going to steal a lunch hour where I can. I'm going to either get up early or stay up late or utilize whatever I can, wherever I can. And so the more I leaned into this, the more it became a place where I could play I could experiment. I was trying different mediums. I was trying different subject matters. I was giving myself the ability to just go, let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no real goal here other than to show up and create something for an entire year. And so it was amazing, but I made it to the end of a year and I had all these, these you know, pieces that I had done and some of them I was highly embarrassed by, but others I was like, okay, that, that has potential. That, that feels pretty good, you know? And then I said, now what? I did the year, what comes next? And something in me said, you're not done yet, keep going. Mm -hmm. And so I kept going. And uh, it was pretty amazing that I was able to just build on what I had done, where I was going, identifying what I liked to do, what I didn't like to do. And I started to set myself up with projects that were you know, time-bound projects 
that I could do seven days of a theme or, you know, 30 days of something or, or a hundred day challenge that, that sometimes we see are out there. I joined in with some of those. And so the more I did that, the more momentum I got and I just kept going and just kept going. And, you know, as you mentioned before, like it, it, 10 years away from my art was, was pretty huge, but this past April, I just passed 10 years of doing yeah. something every single day, 10 years consecutive daily art making. That is absolutely incredible. And again, like the last, I just want to acknowledge you for that. that I, I think that's Thank absolutely you. amazing. I mean, because um, I personally can relate to a feeling uh, that consistency is not, has not so far been like, haven't been the best buddy with consistency in many <laughs> yeah. ways, <laughs> but so um, yeah, you've, you've made it like a non-negotiable. You've uh, also made it like, you know, you embraced you and you gave yourself grace and you didn't put yourself too much pressure on doing. I think obviously like that's, um, that, that's the key to it as well to just continue, right? But yeah. still 10 years, yeah. Sorry. I just needed to acknowledge. You. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the thing that I found was that it was really about momentum, right? And momentum brings habit and habit brings change. And that's exactly what my story has been. It, it, in the beginning, it was really more about, and I didn't know this again, this was looking back after and, and analyzing, okay, where have I been? What have I gone through? What have I learned? I learned that it wasn't so much about the work, the quality of the work that I was doing, especially in the beginning, because I was relearning. Mm -hmm. I was trying to figure things out. And so there was a lot of bad work. Um, I had to get through that bad work in order to get to good work. And so it wasn't about the quality of work. It was really more about showing up and establishing momentum and a habit. And so when I realized that, oh, that's actually what I'm doing in the beginning, I'm establishing a habit. Mm -hmm. It's not about the actual work. Like the work is a byproduct of me showing up. Something's going to happen. Uh, it may not be great. It may be great. I don't know, but nothing is going to happen if I don't show up. So that's really where the focus needs to be early on is so that when the habit is in place and the momentum is in place, then you can really start writing that out and going, oh, okay. There's so much the heavy lifting that's already being done for me because I know where I'm showing up. I know when I'm showing up. I know what materials I'm using. I, I'm in this rhythm. And it's not like trying to break into something every single time where it's like, oh, it was like two months ago, last time I did something. And now like I got to get in the right headspace and I got to find my materials and supplies and, you know, all that stuff. So becomes part of you. Like exactly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so I'm curious, actually, like what, obviously, doing that and that becoming the part of you. And I know earlier you mentioned about, you know, creativity, how, how important that was for you to, um, yeah, come out of depression as well. And, and the links of why that's important. Uh, yeah, I, I guess, like, what did, that, what did that give you in the end of doing those creative um, steps or, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it gave me life. Uh, simply, it gave me joy. It gave me purpose. It gave me mission. It gave me um, a sense of what I really wanted to do and also helped me discover my voice. It helped me discover my style because so much of me showing up every single day and just trying things, sometimes breaking things, sometimes doing things that I hated, uh, that was all part of the process. Mm -hmm. And that has led me to today. 
It led me to opportunities to do some things with other people. It led me to opportunities like this to, to share my story and leverage that so that I can help other people who maybe are in the same place where I was or can somehow be encouraged by my story and it can maybe give them some tools or some direction mm -hmm. to re-engage with their own creativity. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's interesting because in the beginning, this daily creative habit was born out of this depression mm -hmm. and a need to come back alive, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and that carried me so long through that and it helped reestablish some things in, in my life. And even at other points where I have struggled with times of either sadness or burnout or anxiety, you know, hints of depression still, whatever it is, um, then the habit, because it was in place, became something that I could lean on. It was something that was already there that I could leverage. Uh, and so I didn't have to think about and utilize energy that I didn't have to do something. I could just lean into it. And it, it helped me tremendously, continues to help me tremendously. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I can, and I can, um, I can really resonate with what you're saying because I have similarities in the story. So I'm curious about uh, how do you feel that other people who might currently be, let's say, feeling depressed or be in a depressive mood, um, you know, you have then leaned into creativity. Do you feel that? this idea comes up for many people or do you feel that perhaps it doesn't come up and why and um do you feel it helps i know there's many questions do you feel it helps um everyone or was that a personal thing yes i think i think first off i think everybody is creative mm -hmm. uh i don't buy into this notion where people go well you know i i can't draw i can't paint i can't dance i'm not a musician i'm like well that's all well and fine but those are the obvious expressions but can you you know, bake a mean cake? Can you decorate a house? Can you balance a budget sheet? I mean, can you, you know, like there are things that are very creative that uh, don't necessarily look like what we would define as creative. And so I think we need to, to expand our definition of creativity. And then also we need to stop talking ourselves out of things before we even begin. Because I think so many people if the idea does come up of like, maybe this would be helpful for me. Yes, I am struggling with anxiety or depression. Maybe this is something that can uh, really bring me some sense of life. Then come the voices of, ah, what are you kidding me? Like, you're not as good as that person or there, you could never be or whatever those voices, the inner critic uh, it comes on fast and strong. Mm -hmm. And so it's learning how to navigate through that as well, um, which I think a lot of people just don't have experience with, honestly. And then there's not a lot of people talking about some of this stuff. And that makes people feel very alone in their circumstances um, because nobody wants to talk about how, yeah, you know what? Like I'm not really doing too well. Um, and I think maybe creativity might help me, but I'm not really sure. And I don't know what to do about that. Yeah. Because that's the position of vulnerability. And I think we have a real lack of being able to express vulnerability today especially because there's so much attack. Um, there's so much venom amongst people and division. And we lack empathy. We lack vulnerability. We lack a lot of things, honestly, that I think could be keys to helping us 
grow as people and become um, really who we need to become in order for ourselves and also for the people around us, I think, you know? Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And um, something you mentioned just earlier about um, everyone being creative, I completely agree with you as well. I'm curious about that inner critic because you know, we have creativity scars as well, um, you know, as a collective, I guess it starts very early on. But yeah, I think, you know, when when people think of being creative, then all of a sudden all these negative beliefs or, or, or thoughts come in, as you've mentioned. So um, how what did you do with them in particular? How did you deal with them? Yeah, um, it's case by case honestly. And I don't think it's the kind of thing that you can defeat the inner critic. It's never going to go away completely. So what you need to do, I think, is acknowledge when it's happening, recognize what those voices are, where they're coming from, uh, understand the lies that are being told to you internally, that maybe this is actually the voice of an authority figure when you were younger who discouraged you. Maybe it was a parent, maybe it was a teacher, maybe it was somebody else, maybe it was a a cousin, a sibling, whoever. Um, But whoever it was along the way that spoke that into you and it got stuck in you and now it comes out in you when you're in circumstances where maybe you're a little afraid, you're a little uncomfortable, you're a little unsure. And I think it starts with recognizing and acknowledging and then going, okay, I hear you, uh, but I'm going to put you over there right now and appreciate the concern, but I'm going to move ahead anyway. And just not allowing it to block your path, not allowing it to cause you to fear so much that you end up creating a bias towards inaction as opposed to action. So it's small steps of, What's the worst that could happen right now? I lean into this. I try to take action and something fails. I make a mess. Well, part of the beauty of my daily creative habit was that if I did something that really failed today that I was just embarrassed by, I could close the book and then start over again tomorrow. And tomorrow's a new day and it's a new opportunity to create something else. And I don't have to think about yesterday. So there was a reset every day for me to be able to do something new and not be too attached to whatever the results were, whether they were terrible or whether they were really great too. It doesn't let you be stuck and fixated. Yeah. And it's such a great practice, right? For, for everything, almost you doing that daily habit of being creative, you know, as, as you actually, you know, um, working with, with those thoughts that can come at any time in your day yep. and almost strengthening that muscle because of you doing that, because obviously with creativity, Absolutely. it's almost like your self-expression is at its highest and therefore also the inner critic or the censoring uh, part of us. And so that's, that's amazing training. To yeah. Remember. And it takes work for sure. Um, but again, it's the key is consistency, mm. staying engaged, keep showing up, you know? Yeah. Yeah um yeah amazing and and i love the the part of that you mentioned about the acknowledging is there and and being present with it not almost like pushing it away it's like parking it acknowledging it thanking it and it's not Mm -hmm. like 
putting yourself down for thinking it as well and then suppressing it. That's exactly. Huge difference. Um, uh, the other day I was, uh, I, I, I did a post and um, I, I shared um, something about how uh, when we, something along those lines of when we don't listen to our intuition, um, almost like the negative thoughts that become louder over time. Um, so like something about immediate actions, almost like dissolving. Yeah. Um, so when you, when you do your work nowadays, do you still feel that it comes up for you? Yeah, I think every so often, especially as I try some new things, which I, I, I think every artist, every creative person wants to explore new territory, wants to build on what they've done so that you don't just get stuck. You don't get in this kind of set it and forget it mode. And that forces you to do some things differently and to try new things, to keep a place of ex experimentation in play. And because of that, there's always going to be this factor of unknown of this might fail. Um, and when you start traveling into that, those places, those voices come back. You know, they're always there ready to go, ah, here's my opportunity. Let me jump in, you know. And so you just need to be on guard about that. Um, and there are going to be days when you just, you don't feel like resisting that and you give in and you wallow in self-pity and you just, you know, <laughs> and you just kind of have a bad day. Uh, or maybe you just go journal about it and, and, you know, cry into your coffee. I don't know, whatever. But um, I think the point is it's, it's, it's the journey right it's the long haul and realizing like oh okay you know what like if i don't show up today it's not just whatever it is i'm creating today that's at stake what's at stake is really my own sense of creativity for myself the self-exploration and processing but then also the things i create are going to have impact on the people around me and if I don't show up, something might not get made that could be a tremendous help to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not to sound too grandiose by any means, but um, that could simply be creating something that makes somebody smile. And maybe today, somebody around you really needs a smile. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that could go a long way. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't show up, you miss out, they miss out. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. There's some, some real powerful words there. I agree with you. Um, and so let's say, because obviously this, this habit, this daily habit has created, you know, you 10 years later and doing all these things and being a speaker and um, an artist and with your own art business and everything. So I guess like if we talk to to artists who are just wanting to perhaps start to become an artist themselves like I guess what what might be uh some yeah some words of encouragement or or wisdom uh that yeah. might help them on their way I would say never stop learning uh figure out where you can inject those moments to play and experiment break things on purpose right um there was there were days where I would literally go, okay, I'm going to use some acrylic paint 
and a canvas, but I'm going to go in my yard and find a stick. And my assignment today is I'm going to paint with the stick and just see what happens. And again, maybe it's a train wreck, but <laughs> I'm going to learn something. And maybe I learn, oh, this is the kind of mark that I can make while using this tool. And in this instance, it failed miserably. But now that I know what kind of mark this makes, it's a tool in my toolbox. And so learn how to let those experiences be assets for you, um, even in failure. Uh, the other thing I would say is don't lose your sense of self in your pursuit of wanting to use your creativity to make a living. Because I think it's really easy, especially in more of a corporate setting, to be guided because you know that's what people want. They want this the um, stability. They want you know um, all the things that come along with a staff position at say a corporate job, uh, while still being able to use their creativity and say, "Hey, I'm making a living off my creativity," um, or any any opportunity that that where there's client work, right? Um, I think it's easy to lose your sense of self in the middle of that and to not have an outlet where you're pushing in saying, what's really important to me? What are the things that I want to express? What are my experiences um, tell me that I need to inject into what I'm doing? Like, how can I leverage my experiences in the past? Even the ones where I'm like, I don't really know what to do with this part of my life. It seems like that odd piece of the puzzle that I'd really rather just throw away. Maybe that's actually the piece that you needed to lean into even more so because that's what makes you you. And that's the thing that you kind of are an expert in, even if you don't want to be and could really speak into with your creativity in such a way that you will connect with people like someone else could never. Mm -hmm. So I know there's a lot in there to unpack, but I think it all comes down to showing up for yourself, not waiting for permission for somebody to give you to say, yes, you can do this. That, that idea that you have, even though you think it's silly, even though you think you may fail, even though you think, why would anybody want that? You have permission to do that mm -hmm. and take steps, even if they're small steps, 10 minutes a day steal time where you can do something, create a bias towards action. Um, because I know people and you probably know people that they've been talking about some projects and ideas that they've had for years. Mm -hmm. And they're no closer today than they were years ago mm -hmm. on actually making those things a reality. There is no big break coming. There is no one coming in to, to you know, swing the door wide open for you and, and discover you. Um, you need to discover yourself and you need to choose yourself and then you need to show up and then get to work because it's not going to happen any other way. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. It's a mic drop there. Discovering <laughs> <laughs> yourself, yes, and, and giving yourself the, the permission. Like oftentimes, you know, it's interesting that you've said that because um, 
you know oftentimes when people ask other people like what do you think and stuff like that they just want to hear that permission to actually allow exactly. them to do what they feel they want to do instead of you know it's the same thing as if just doing it yourself straight away don't need the permission right yes and um, everything else you've said so yeah one of the other things too i just want to throw in there real quick and this is something that i've i've been processing even over this past year you know because there's layers to yourself right um there are things that you can always discover and, and patterns of behavior and thought and a lot of things that are you know more rooted in, in psychology um but I find that stuff fascinating just always to, to be working on myself for self-improvement and self-awareness um, because I can then become better uh, and show up better. And so one of the things that, that I, I started to really understand is, is this idea of when you're looking for validation outwardly always, you can get attached very easily to uh, expectations and people and things that you just you you put too much emphasis on and then when something doesn't happen or somebody fails you there's tremendous disappointment mm -hmm. and then things can go spiraling um as opposed to oh actually what i need to do is look inside for that validation and that permission and try to show up a little more open-handedly because I can't control outcomes. I can't control what somebody else is going to say or do. Um, I can't even control like if they, they said they were, it sounded like they, they made promises to me. I can't control whether or not they're actually gonna fulfill those or not. What I can control is how I show up. I can control my reactions to that and try to move into the space where I'm very open-handed and say, you know what, this is what I would love to happen today. But if that doesn't happen today, I'm going to be okay with whatever it does and accept it and try to look for the lesson in it, regardless of what the packaging looks like. Uh, and then incorporate that into who I am and what I do and how I show up creatively. Mm, yes, yes, absolutely. Like uh, not, not putting the focus so much on outside of yourself, but really, you know, giving it to yourself. And then also the attachment to whatever somebody else does or doesn't do doesn't have an effect on you or exactly. not waiting for that from somewhere else. You, yeah, that's powerful because, um, yeah, in that sense, you are fulfilled no matter what. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Yeah. Um, I am curious at, about like your, what you're doing now, like, how, you know, how people might engage with you and where they can find your art and everything. So, or any projects you've got going on right now. Yes. So, you know, there is that sense of, like I said before, you're always trying to push things a bit and try some new things. Um, and there are iterations that happen right over time. Um, you know, I'm still doing my daily work. Uh, I decided at the 10 year mark that, you know, my Instagram had become pretty much chronicling my journey of my daily art making. And after 10 years of that, I said, I think it's time to shift some things, uh, be a little more strategic in some things. And while I'm still doing and pursuing my daily creative habit, I'm not sharing every single piece every single day on social media. Um, some stuff is just going to be like, yeah, that's just for me right now. Or um, it may come out in some other ways and projects in the future. And so 
since the beginning of this year, I've really felt the tug towards speaking and being more public about mental health and creativity. And I've been processing what that looks like and thinking about how I could have and facilitate more conversations around that. And so for my podcast, uh, I'm actually, I just started a series about creativity and mental health. Um, I share in depth more of my personal experiences on the, the first episode of it. And um, I have some episodes that are, that are coming up with some other fellow creative people about their experiences with either depression or anxiety or just burnout. Some things that as creative people specifically, we can wrestle with and wrestling with mental health issues uh, by itself can be very taxing and very um, confusing. And then when you add to that, I make my living off of creativity. And so if I don't show up, I don't get paid and I need to show up to be creative, but yet I'm a whole person. Mm -hmm. And so I can't simply just make widgets, right? I can't simply just go through a, a mindless process, but I need to show up in a way that, that engages more who I am. And, and if who I am is struggling with depression or anxiety, um, how do I do that? How do I still show up? And how do I get the help that I need? Um, and I really want to try to, and again, you know, I think some of this goes back to the permission thing because people feel like they need it, but they don't, mm -hmm. but maybe through having some of these conversations and, and bringing some more awareness that it does give permission mm -hmm. that it says, you know, as an artist or creative person, so many times we want to feel special. We want to feel unique, but we end up burdening ourselves with telling ourselves that our trials, our experiences with struggling with mental health, those are unique to us too. Nobody else understands. Nobody else is going through the things I'm doing. Nobody else is having the thoughts that, that I'm having, uh, which is not true. And the, the less that people talk about it, the more that seems to be reinforced as the narrative. Mm -hmm. And so I want to just stand in there and go, you know what? Mm -mm. Time out. That's not true at all. And I still have to show up every single day and make a living off my creativity. And there are days where, yeah, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes I have anxiety. Sometimes I have to process through a whole lot of stuff before I can even get to the creative brief that is sitting before me to go, here's your job today. <laughs> you know, um, but it's possible and it's, it's a living, breathing thing. And I think, again, the more stories that we can hear, the more we can normalize some of that, the more we can empower some people, the more maybe we can bring some freedom to some people to say, you know what, I do think that I actually need to go to therapy and that's more than okay. Matter of fact, that's probably the best thing that I can do. And there's not that stigma attached to it to say, there's something wrong with me. Therefore, I need to go to therapy. No, actually, um, I personally believe that everybody should be in therapy um, because there are things about us that we don't even know we're carrying every single day yeah. that sometimes are blocking us and weighing us down. So I want to talk more about that stuff. Um, you know, from a podcast standpoint, from a public speaking standpoint, um, I would love to move more into some opportunities actually speaking within corporate 
mm. and meeting with creative teams. And, you know, on the corporate side, they obviously want their workers to be showing up productive, effective, efficient. And yet a lot of their team members are suffering from some of these mental health issues. And that on top of, you know, COVID craziness, uh, lockdowns and remote teams and isolation, so much of that, that maybe on the corporate side, they're like, yeah, I don't really know what to do with this. Um, I know that we need to continue to show up for our mission as a, as a corporation and we need creativity to be championed, but I don't really know how to have these conversations uh, with people who are struggling with that. And then that leaves a lot of times the creative teams, the people on those teams feeling like corporate doesn't care. Mm. Uh, I'm just uh, a number perhaps, or I'm just a means to an end. And that can lead to further isolation. And then that could also lead to them going, you know what, maybe I just need to leave altogether. Mm. And so it just, it, it can, that, can, that, that environment can spiral out of control very quickly. Yeah. And so I think if we can have some conversations around that and give some permission and say some of the stuff of even the daily creative habit is really tied to that and saying, how can you as a creative person show up and not only create what you're doing here in this corporation, but create your life, mm -hmm. create your environment. What does your environment here look like in this position? Because it's not necessarily like an all or nothing, either I'm working a corporate job or I'm, you know, an independent artist, you know, looking to get work in a gallery. Um, sometimes it's both and, and that's okay. Uh, it may be different for everybody, but at least having some of those conversations so that people don't end up frustrated, stuck and wanting to quit. And then on the corporate side of them going, oh, now we got to hire somebody else, retrain somebody else and yet to repeat and rinse the, the process over and over again. So um, I think that's, there's, there's opportunity there to have some conversations and bring some help. Um, and uh, I wanna create some more resources on that front too. And so there's some things in the works that uh, I'm still processing what exactly that looks like. Um, but more readily, I'm going to be starting this Instagram challenge where uh, it's going to be creative, you know, creative mental health Mondays, basically. And I'm going to invite creative people to create something, to post it on Instagram, to use a certain hashtag, to tag me, and to start inviting people into this conversation on Mondays to say, let's create some work around this. Let's share. Let's highlight some people. Let's try to leverage this so that it's a community thing. It's not my thing. Uh, maybe we start a movement, you know, um, and just see where this goes. So I'm excited about that. Uh, yeah. yeah. That, no, that's amazing. All of it, everything that you said is, uh, is really amazing because it's, it's so true. It's like in an environment um, where, you know, people might not have people around them so much opening up and sharing what they might be thinking and all of that. Then you're in this bubble of isolation, feeling like you're the only one. And it's so important to yeah, open that up and, and, and actually, you know, be the first one or be the one uh, sharing that uh, and that will help the other. So I, I, lo I love all those ideas, everything that you're doing. I, I found that when one person is willing to, to risk vulnerability, it usually opens the door for everybody else because there's a sigh, a collective sigh that happens and then people go, oh, you know what? Me too. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it, it's so true. And, and like that feeling of like, um, 
um, it, it's it's okay to share this. I'm, there's nothing wrong with me, like you just mentioned as well. Well, um, that's amazing. Obviously, everyone um, can, you know, all of your details are underneath this podcast. So, you know, you've got your Instagram and um, your website and podcasts and everything. Um, one thing that still uh, stuck with me in terms of like the mental health, um, which I wanted to ask you is like, if, what do you feel like as perhaps like a final few words from you? Um, how can I phrase this? Would be like mm, some, a word of wisdom to somebody who might be going through mental health issues at the moment um, that you feel that creativity might bring or um, yeah, your, I guess your final words, I guess, to finish this up. The yeah. Thing that you shared. <laughs> I think I would say do all that you can to show up for yourself because there is more inside of you than you realize and perhaps have ever experienced. And so don't let the past dictate what you think is possible. And wherever possible, leverage your time, your energy, your effort to getting health and then sharing your experiences, finding redemption in your own story. Because I think it's, it's not just about us, it's about us collectively, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just about me and my experiences, mm -hmm. but it's about when I can use those experiences, just like I'm doing right now, talking to you, sharing them. Some people right now may have a sense of hope or of, being seen and heard. Mm -hmm. And there's so much more power in that. And that's possible, but that's only possible if A, you show up and you are willing to put the work in, not just creatively, but also on yourself um, to go to therapy, to wrestle through the hard things, to cry, to journal, to process, to put that into your work creatively, um, to leverage all the things that make you, you, uh, even the weird parts and the, the, again, the, the parts that seem like who would want to be interested in that, um, leverage that for your creativity, give yourself grace in the process, knowing that you're going to make mistakes and you're going to make a lot of bad art before you get to good art, mm -hmm. but it's a journey and there is so much more to be had. And you just don't ever know the impact that's going to have on yourself in self-discovery and growth and also on the people around you. So you are worth it. Your journey is worth it. And people are waiting for you. And they're hungry for what you can do and how you show up. Yeah, beautiful. That really really touched me as well so thank you for that i'm glad that asked absolutely this question. <laughs> um and thank you for yeah all of it today um this was amazing and um yeah i'm very grateful that you came on the show and um and yeah so thank you so much no thank you maria i really appreciate it awesome in that case bye for now and um yeah see you soon <laughs> okay 
Thank you so much for listening. This was an awesome episode yet again. If you really enjoyed it as well and uh, feel that somebody else might benefit from listening to it, I'd love if you shared the episode and if you subscribe, that really helps so that the message can reach the people that need to hear this. Um, other than that, you can also connect with me on Instagram under um, either Born to Create Podcast um, or as well my um, page Art Awakened Artist Academy, uh, which is awakened.artist.academy. And um, I look forward to hearing from you. Also, if you have any questions or if you are an artist yourself who would like to um, yeah, contribute and share your story, I can't wait to hear from you. So other than that, I wish you a wonderful day and speak to you soon or listen to this podcast soon. Bye.